On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Derek Larger. Joining me is Cody Felger, as always. Uh, we're going to record the next part here with the defensive tackles this time, not the defensive ends. Uh, yeah, so now we're going to discuss our defensive tackle group, which has seen a lot of changes this offseason, uh, mostly for good. Uh, we want to go ahead and start that out. So, Cody, why don't you go ahead and give us the first name? Yeah, we'll start up with the obvious, DeForest Buckner, uh, the, the biggest name this offseason that the Colts acquired. Obviously, they traded their first-round pick, pick number 13, to acquire Buckner. He's a guy that was an absolute force on that 49ers defense ever since he was drafted by them out of Oregon. Certainly a guy uh, that's going to make a major impact for this defensive tackle position. I mean, you look at how this defense is set up, you know, with this Tampa 2-4-3 defense, I mean, it lives and dies by that three technique. And you kind of saw, you know, why that Colts three technique and, and why that Colts defense in general, amongst other reasons, but a big reason why they were, they kind of, did a backslide a little bit the second half of the season was because of the lack of pressure and the lack of production from that three technique position. But throwing a guy like Buckner, who's been a first team all pro pro bowl type of player throughout his career, he had seven sacks last year or a year removed from double digit sacks. He is certainly Derek going to be a major upgrade from the Colt who the Colts had their defensive tackle three technique last year. You know, you're looking at, Really, the only guy that got to the quarterback out of that three-technique position was Danico Autry. He's a guy that in 2018, I thought he might break out and be a Pro Bowl-type player in 2019 because he had nine sacks and he didn't play all 16 games. Then for whatever reason, uh, he really you know, kind of came back to earth in 2019, only had, I believe, three and a half sacks, and he was the only player out of that position to record any sacks on the quarterback. Now you throw in a guy like Buckner, who we think is just potentially – a game wrecker on that defense. I mean, obviously Aaron Donald is a complete you know, monster and nobody is even on the level of Aaron Donald, but you throw in tier two type of guys like DeForest Buckner. I think he's right there at, at the, probably the best number two defensive tackle in the game at that three technique position. Uh, Derek, give me your thoughts here on a guy like DeForest Buckner and how much he means to this defense. You know what? I love it even more, and I'm going to explain to you why. You know what? You know what really makes me love uh, karma is that people just don't learn. You know, just some people just don't understand when they talk and then they're proven wrong. They might just need to reconsider that move. So everyone remembers Bleacher Report, and it's been brought up a lot about how. Darius Leonard, when he was drafted, was regarded as the worst pick in oh, yeah. all of the 2017 draft. And that the Colts were, or 2018, my apologies. I messed <laughs> that one up. I thought it was 2017. I had my, my dates messed up, whatever. 2018. And everyone said this, th- it, it was a bad one for y'all. It, it, that's not a good option. 
Well, now Darius Leonard is widely regarded as a top three linebacker. In my opinion, the best linebacker in football at this moment in time. Yes, I know Bobby Wagner is still in there, but Bobby Wagner doesn't create the turnovers that a guy like Darius Leonard does. But anyway, so Bleacher Report put out an article that said each team's worst or their one move that they're going to regret the most. They didn't say anything about Xavier Rhodes. They didn't say anything about, you know, other guys that we brought in. They didn't bring even bring up Phillip Rivers. They brought up DeForest Buckner saying that we will regret giving up that first round draft pick for DeForest Buckner. Now, if karma plays anything like I think it does, DeForest Buckner is about to have a 15 sack year. Just watch it happen. Just watch it happen. I'm saying it right now. 15 sacks for my boy DeForest Buckner because Bleacher Report said that we were going to regret it. They were already wrong once. They're going to be proven wrong again. DeForest Buckner is an all-pro defensive tackle. How do you say that you giving up a giving up a middle ground first round draft pick is regretful to get an all pro guy at one of the most important positions in football. Defensive tackle is still important. I know they say defensive end is the most important side on the defense, but defensive tackle is still there. It's still on the defensive line. DeForest Buckner creates so many different opportunities for that defensive line to get good. And not to mention DeForest Buckner is only 25. I mean, he's not old. He's still young. And like Cody said, he's one of, he's the tier right below Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack are kind of like right here. And then you got guys that are like right here. It's DeForest Buckner, Vaughn Miller, guys like that 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 have been really good. DeForest Buckner is great, guys. He's an all pro defensive tackle that is needed in this system so it is not going to be a regret DeForest Buckner is going to make a name for himself here and I am super super excited again as you can already tell DeForest Buckner being here is golden for the Indianapolis Colts and what happened last time Bleacher Report said Darius Leonard, worst draft pick. He goes on to have 163 tackles, defensive rookie of the year. And he bra- I believe he breaks the Colts tackle record in his rookie season. Yep. So, yeah, you're right, Derek. I mean, this is a guy that should not be trifled with. Like, like my goodness, what, does Bleacher Report just love to add fuel to the fire for the Colts? Like I almost wish they would have done it for- They could have easily said Phillip Rivers. I know Phillip Rivers right. is an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. But then people oh, are like, why would you, why would you, why would you give a older quarterback, a 38 year old quarterback, a $25 million contract all guaranteed basically for one year? Why would mm. you do that? I mean, it, it makes more sense to make that. I don't understand. Like, and not to mention 49ers fans, they said they got Javon Kinlaw. I mean, yeah, it's the same position. Same position. Right. Even if Javon <laughs> Kinlaw later on down the road becomes an even better defensive tackle than DeForest Buckner, which is really hard to do because DeForest Buckner already is good, very good. So what? It's the same position. DeForest Buckner is proven. You don't know what you're going to get from Javon Kinlaw yet. So it makes sense. 
Yeah, it does. And I honestly, the only reason why the 49ers did that was because they could not afford to keep all these guys. Yep. That's the only reason they did that. I mean, like, really, like, you're just going to have Javon Kinlaw. You hope he's going to be the player DeForest Buckner is. But DeForest Buckner wanted a new deal. I mean, the Colts made him one of the highest paid defensive players in the league for a reason. I mean, he's a beast. And the 49ers yep. just, they were running out of cap room. So they had to make a decision. They didn't necessarily make the decision because they thought he was a bad player or that he wasn't worth it. I just think they're just like, we just cannot afford to keep all these guys. we got to move somebody. We feel like we'll get the highest amount of value from DeForest Buckner because obviously he's our best defensive uh, player and probably our best defensive lineman, undoubtedly. So you're right, Derek. I mean, DeForest Buckner is a reason why Chris Ballard and company, you know, they don't pay a lot of guys a ton, but they pay guys based off of, you know, production. DeForest Buckner's production has certainly matched the amount of money that the Colts gave him. Yep. And he's still very young as well, which I think is huge. Uh, so we can move on from DeForest Buckner now. Um, we can look at the other guy the Colts acquired at the defensive tackle position. This guy's probably more of the one technique, not really so much the three technique. Local product, Sheldon Day. He played at Notre Dame. He was with the 49ers last year as well. So the Colts basically sniped two defensive line players from the 49ers <laughs> Super Bowl defensive line, which I think is pretty awesome. Yep. Uh, but he's a little bit undersized. He's 6'1", 285. But he's a guy, Derek, that – as for the lack of, you know, we look at looking at the Forrest Buckner, 6'7, 295, freaking beast. And you look Huge. at Sheldon Day, he's only 6'1, but he makes up for that with effort, right? He's an effort type of guy, yep. which I think is huge for this defensive line. I mean, if you can tap into some of that potential, like you look at some of these guys on the Colts defensive line, physically, they're probably more physically gifted then Sheldon Day, but Sheldon Day might make life hard for some of these guys and push them off the 53-man roster because he gives a tremendous amount of effort. And so I certainly like this addition. You know, Sheldon Day is probably going to be the backup one technique. I know there's some people who thought he might challenge Grover Stewart, but honestly, I think he's probably more of a reserve type of guy, kind of how he was with the 49ers. Yeah. You know, if you have an injury to that defensive tackle position, he can step in and play because obviously he did that with the 49ers last year in the playoffs. But now you have two pretty decent, you know, one techniques. I mean, you look last year, besides Grover Stewart, I don't know who you would have said would have been the backup, you know, no. one technique behind yeah, Grover no Stewart one. if he goes down. So it's just adding more depth with Chris Ballard loves to do, especially on the offensive and defensive lines. And, you know, just adding more competition to Grover Stewart because as good as, Gro as, good as Grover Stewart was last year, you know, I feel like you just need to add more competition, make Grover Stewart potentially work harder and, you know, fight off Sheldon Day for that one technique and make him better. You know, they, that old term that they use in football all the time, iron sharpens iron. This is certainly one of those things where iron really will sharpen iron. And not to mention, just with these two guys alone, you add two guys who now have known how and kind of seen and know now how to win at the next level, right? When you get into the playoffs, these guys have experience in the playoffs, in winning. I mean, really, they weren't that far removed from a Super Bowl victory. I mean, you yeah. look at it like if Patrick Mahomes wasn't Patrick Mahomes, they would have probably been Super Bowl champions. But uh, you throw in two of these guys, obviously they're going to help from a production standpoint. But Derek, before we go on to the next guy, kind of what I just talked about, how valuable do you think it is to some of these guys to have guys now who have seen how to win, come from a winning organization like the 49ers, to see how to win in the postseason, see how to even get to the postseason. Well, and it's funny too that you mentioned a winning organization 
don't forget that these two guys were actually part of the 49ers when they were second overall in what was it? What was it? 2018 mm. when they were, or was it? Yeah, it was the 2018 yeah, they, season before they got that. Bosa, yeah. And then they go on to win and they go on to go to a Super Bowl. I mean, they know the spectrum. They've been at the low, they've been at the high. They understand how this fluctuates. And I think it's also great that you got Sheldon Day to go along with DeForest Buckner. Um, to, when you bring two teammates to a completely different spectrum, a completely different organization, a whole new set of values and everything, it kind of helps to know, especially from a human perspective, when you're looking at the emotional side of signing somewhere new, to bring somebody else in that you've already known for a year, two years, and you know, you you're you're gonna be able to adapt to your new team, new area much better because you know that somebody else that you already know is going to be there with you. And that's good for them. They could help each other with boosting each other up. And I think DeForest Buckner definitely would help Sheldon Day with that uh, down the road. But yeah, again, like you said with Sheldon Day, um, yeah, it's kind of funny when you talk about the physical differences between uh, Sheldon Day and DeForest Buckner. Six inches taller uh, Buckner is about 10, 15 pounds heavier. It's just, it's incredible. Uh, it really is. But like you said, Sheldon Day is just one of those guys that he's an effort player. It's not necessarily the biggest guy out there on the table. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. He's about the same size as Aaron Donald. You know, Aaron Donald's not much bigger. I mean, Aaron Donald's just a, a freak of nature when it comes to his hands, though. I mean, nobody matches that man's handwork. It's incredible. But, um, yeah, like you said, Sheldon Day is the kind of guy that he might struggle a little bit with some teams that have a stronger core, uh, inside core of the offensive line because, like you said, he's more of an effort guy, and sometimes you can have all the effort in the world. If you're not big enough, sometimes it's just not helpful. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Robert Mathis will help Sheldon Day out with getting some uh, help with his lineman moves for sure. But, um yeah, against teams that, you know, have weaker offensive lines uh, and, you know, try to establish the run game. Uh, Sheldon Day is definitely that guy that can clog up the middle, just like what Grover Stewart is becoming. And I, I like Sheldon Day. And not to mention, Sheldon Day is brought here basically on a one and a half million dollar contract. I mean, he's not he's not getting, you know, a ton of money when it comes to what you would think. So, you know, Sheldon Day coming here basically on a veterans minimum to play for this team uh, and what he, and his potential production that he could give, you know, with that depth at that one tech position, it's really cool uh, to have Sheldon day and DeForest Buckner here. The next guy on our list here, Derek, I'll look at Danico Autry, a guy I just mentioned. He's a guy that uh, last year was the Colts last two years. He's been the Colts starting three technique. He's a guy that's actually shown a lot of flashes in certain moments of being dominant on that defensive line. Obviously, you add a guy like DeForest Buckner, uh, and Danico Autry may play more defensive end. He may be the backup to DeForest Buckner at that three technique. Uh, but he's a guy that's shown flashes at times after you know being a free agent addition to the Colts in the 2018 season. What are your thoughts on a guy like Danico Autry and kind of what he can bring maybe in the backup type of role at, in the interior or maybe even challenge for a starting spot at the defensive end position. Well, he certainly is a guy that uh, is more of a 
a pass rushing type than a run stopping type. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, Danico Autry in 2018 season had nine and a half sacks. And then, you know, it was real close to a uh, double digit season for that. But then, you know, last year, just like for all defensive tackles uh, for the Colts this last season, just didn't have any success outside of Grover Stewart. I mean, Grover Stewart, you can't really say that because Grover Stewart was playing on limited snaps and still had just as much production as Danico Autry. So I guess I should say for starting defensive tackles, the Colts struggled. Um, and, and, you know, Danico Autry at the beginning of the season was good. You know, Danico Autry was consistently getting pressure. Um, he actually had the best uh, pressure rate of any defensive lineman for the Indianapolis Colts the first four weeks of the season, which, you know, kind of surprised me. I mean, obviously his sack numbers weren't great, but he was getting consistent pressure on the quarterback, especially in that Titans game. He was back there multiple times uh, getting close to Mariota. But, you know, again, he's just – it's just one of those issues. He's just going to have to get better, um, get more consistent, I guess we need to say. Um, yeah, like you said, that backup role might be something he's going to have to do. Um, he slims down a little bit. He can be a defensive end for sure. Uh, gain some of that speed back off the edge. Cause he's certainly strong. We know he can certainly use his hands. I just don't know how good his actual lateral quickness is. So that's kind of a, a disadvantage for him. But yeah, I mean, again, Danico Autry, we know he can play. We know he can because he did it before. Um, he's just going to have to get consistent. And whatever position he actually plays this year, whatever role he actually is, let's just hope he can be productive. Yeah, for sure. And the next guy we can look at is a guy, unfortunately, has not been super productive in his two years with the Colts. One of your boys at Ohio State, Tyquan Lewis. Uh, but he's a guy that could potentially you know, kick out more to be more of that defensive end position because he did play some of that in the 2018 season. He started a few games and he was productive in a few of those games, especially that Dallas Cowboys game. But I'm curious because Tyquan Lewis is just a weird, weird one to me because I feel like he has all the potential in the world, but he hasn't lived up to that. You know, you talk about a lack of consistency. His hasn't been really a problem in the game. It's just being getting put in the game and getting reps in the game. Um, He's been some healthy scratch a lot last year. He's just a guy that I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Tyquan Lewis. You probably have more of a pulse on a guy like Tyquan Lewis based off of what you saw in college from him. But what are your thoughts, Derek, on a guy like Tyquan Lewis? And do you feel like his position is more inside or outside and why? Well, if you're going to look back at his college tape, then you would certainly think he'd be more of a outside edge rusher. Um, That's where he spent a lot of his time at Ohio State. Wasn't super tremendously talented when it came to the rest of the defensive line, but he certainly had his moments where he could reach the quarterback and could make plays for sure. Um, he, I don't remember how many sacks he had his last few seasons. I did know that he was a captain, though, and he was definitely a guy that you could depend on to make a couple plays every now and again. Um, Taekwon doesn't have the big play upside that a lot of other a lot of these other guys are he's just more of a consistent guy 
But, you know, again, he's just going to have to get healthy. That's been his issue. I mean, he's just never been able to actually stay on the field long enough to actually know what to do. And I don't think the Colts staff really knows what to do with him right now because, you know, they were trying to figure things out with the linemen, and we didn't know what Tyquan Lewis was going to be able to do. So, you know, again, he's in that same spot as Danico Autry. How does – does is he actually going to have to move out to the edge? Because – You know, I'm more sure of who I'm going to have for the defensive ends. I mean, obviously we know DeForest Buckner, Sheldon Day, and Grover Stewart are the main three guys. But, you know, we still don't have a lot of those three-tech guys that we really want to see because, you know, we got two uh, one-tech guys in Grover Stewart and Sheldon Day, but we don't really have somebody outside of a DeForest Buckner for a three-tech unless you want to count Danico Autry and Taekwon Lewis, who have been in that spot for the last few years. Um, who knows what their position is? Um, hopefully, Taekwon Lewis takes this opportunity, uh, whatever it is that's going to be offered to him, because you know something tells me if he doesn't produce this year at some kind of uh, level, then I don't know if he's going to be a cult for much longer. So it's kind of one of those things yeah. that you know you you had high, you had decent hopes for. Tyquan Lewis at second round in 2018. Um, that first season, once he came back, it looked like he was going to be, you know, a decent player for the Colts and just hasn't lived up to that yet. So I'm really hoping the best for him. It's just his options are kind of limited right now. Yeah. I think out of these two, I'd personally like to see Tyquan Lewis kick out to end, obviously for the reasons you just listed, he's more of a defensive end in college and then kind of keep Danico Autry as that backup three technique type of guy. That would probably be my preference. If I'm, if I'm choosing between where I want these two, um, the last guy that I want to, I guess not the last guy, but the last like guy that I think will make an impact Grover Stewart. I wanted to save the best for last because I'm a big Grover (laughs) Stewart guy. Love Grover Stewart. Oh my gosh. Like, this last season, like he was just, he really like cemented himself as one of my favorite defensive linemen that the Colts had. And so wanted to save him for a little bit later. And he's a guy that when I initially, when I looked at that 2017 draft, right after, right after it happened, he was a guy that was the most unknown to me. And the guy that I didn't really know how to feel about because I was like, he could be really good. He could not be. I mean, he was out of Albany state. Like nobody's really heard of Albany state. But I knew he was a big defensive body, and and really he didn't see a whole lot of reps until this last season. I mean, like, you know, you had Marcus Hunt, who is now cut. You had Danico Autry, and so Grover Stewart was kind of just a backup type of guy for a while. Honestly, at this point last year, I would not have said I I wouldn't have really known about Grover Stewart. I probably wouldn't have said a whole lot about him. You know, especially you know thinking about guys you're going to resign from that 2017 draft. I think Grover Stewart probably would have been at the bottom of the list just because he didn't really do anything. But in 2019, he really showed me a lot. I mean, he really came out of nowhere after Marcus Hunt was benched. He really, I thought, was productive in the run-stopping game. I thought he had a little bit of juice he brought from the pass rushing department. I believe he had three or four sacks. Yeah, three so that's sacks. pretty good from a one-technique position. Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, I like Grover Stewart a lot. I think he's a, a nice big-body type of defensive tackle. I think he's physically got a lot of things that you really like and I think he's only scratched in the surface of what he can become I really think he can become one of the better defensive tackles in the league in terms of the one technique obviously he's not going to be you know a pass rushing specialist but I think he can be one of those 
really good run stop stuffer type of guys that mm-hmm. you're looking for. And he's still, you know, I don't think he's going to command a lot of money this next year. So you can probably lock him up for a while, but he's a good young player that I really like on this Colts defense. I think he's one of the most underrated players on this defense. And I certainly think the Colts really love Grover Stewart from based off of everything that they've said about him. And I'd really love to see him be a Colt for, you know, get a second contract, obviously but be a Colt for a long time. Derek, what are your thoughts on a guy like Grover Stewart? Who was it that like a couple weeks back was talking about Grover Stewart? I can't remember who it was that had high praise for him. Uh, There's somebody that said that if there was one guy on the defense that they were uh, wanting us to look out for and see who was going to make that jump, they said it was going to be Grover Stewart. Um, hmm. Yeah, because I mean, again, like like Cody said, he was drafted in 2017. I mean, he's still on his rookie deal. I mean, he's still he's still young, and you know, unfortunately, we've had some unfortunate luck with a couple second rounders in the 2018 draft, and a couple other guys that haven't necessarily worked out. Even in that own draft, Terrell Basham didn't work out, Zach Banner didn't work out. Grover Stewart has been productive at the spot that you actually picked him up, fourth round. He's gotten you a couple sacks every year. And off of limited snaps too. I mean, for I mean, Marcus Hunt played for you know two about forty percent of the season. He started it, and then Grover Stewart took over, and Grover Stewart kind of started making a few plays in the middle. And the rush defense got a little better because Grover Stewart was getting better at, uh, du- at double teams. He was getting more commanding there, um, clogging up the holes. Grover Stewart's definitely a guy that I think. I think I said it uh, on Twitter earlier in the last week that it, Grover Stewart can become another hidden gem in the list of Chris Ballard picks that have gone right for him so far. So mm-hmm. Grover Stewart so far has been a, a good depth piece, has performed. It's not been, like you said, he's not going to command a lot of money because obviously he hasn't quite lived up to an expectation of a giant contract. But yeah, like you say, you could definitely offer him, you know, another three year contract for like uh, probably like 15 to 18 million dollars, get him something decent, make him incentivized to want to stay, see how he continues to develop because the Colts players have been watching him. They said he's been doing really well. They said he's been very informative. He's been working out. He's been doing really good. And obviously his tape last year. I mean, Zach has been putting up a lot of stuff on Twitter of plays that he's seen from Grover Stewart, and Grover Stewart's been impressive. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm hyped for Grover Stewart. Glad to have him as another depth piece there. Who knows who's going to be the day one guy there when it comes to the one tech? I think it might be Grover Stewart, just because Sheldon Day's coming from a new team. He's not really established himself as much as as Grover Stewart. Neither one of them really have. But, I mean, Grover Stewart's been in the system for a while, so it might take Day a little bit longer to kind of command that respect there on that spot. But, again, yeah, Grover Stewart, love the guy, love the character. I, I'm, I'm excited for his potential. I think he can definitely be a great one-tech for this team going forward. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, Derek, to kind of look – you know, is it fair to say, uh, maybe I'm a little bit crazy, but is it fair to say that DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart had the potential to be one of the best defensive tackle combos in the league in 2020? 
Um, it's not, it's not indisputable. Um, it just depends on, you know, how much has Grover Stewart actually developed and, you know, how good is DeForest Buckner actually going to be? Um, we kind of are a little bit more understanding of what DeForest Buckner is going to do. DeForest Buckner is going to take up a lot more double teams this year. Um, and obviously with a guy like a Grover Stewart, who is a big body, uh, that's going to be a lot for um, that's going to be a lot for a guard or a center to say, okay, one on one, you take him. That's a big yeah. body. That's very difficult to do. It's difficult for either one of those guys to be one on one. You almost lose. You're almost going to lose every time with DeForest Buckner. You'll lose half and half when it comes to Grover Stewart. So what what do you, what do you actually do? And especially when it comes to the run. You know, if you got Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner in there, both guys who are big in their own respective ways and they're great run stoppers. I mean, that's just, that's awesome. I mean, this, I mean, we always, we keep talking about the getting to the uh, passer, right? But I think even stopping the run this year is going to be so much better if you put Grover Stewart in there to start. If you put Grover Stewart in there to start, establish that stopping the run early you could bring in a guy like a Danico Autry on those obvious passing downs because we know Danico Autry is a little bit more creative with his passing, but you still got DeForest Buckner in there. So, um, you know, it's it's it might be too much to call right now because we obviously just don't know. But, you know, again, DeForest Buckner, we're no, we know what he's capable of doing. Uh, how much has Grover Stewart increased his potential? We don't know yet. But it, it could be a good question going forward for the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. Like, obviously, the pass rush to force Buckner's a beast in. But Grover Stewart's one of the best defensive tackles in terms of stopping the run, at least from what we saw last year. And so you think about that. Like, and Justin Houston, I think, is a really good run stopper as well. So you got three really good defensive linemen in terms of stopping the run. Yep. Man, that's going to be hard for offenses to stop the run. Maybe they're going to have to run more at the other defensive end position to even hope to get some of those. But, you know, if Ben yeah. Banigou or Kamoko Ture continues to develop, I mean, this defensive line, they have the potential. Obviously, it's just potential right now. But they have the potential to be a really, really effective unit. I think a lot more effective than people are giving them credit for. Yep. And uh, it's going to be super exciting to see kind of this combination, you know, how they feed off of each other because obviously – DeForest Buckner, Sheldon Day, they're new to this defensive line. So it might take a little bit for them just to get acclimated to each other. But I think at the defensive line, that's probably a position that's a little bit easier to get more acclimated to and as opposed to like quarterback, wide receiver, center, quarterback, whatever it is. It might be a little bit easier because it's more like one-on-one type of things. Um, But it may take a little bit of time. But it certainly will be interesting to see, man, what some of these guys are going to do and you know, how that defensive tackle, that one technique really plays out and, and how that really complements a guy like DeForest Buckner here in 2020. And the last guy I kind of want to look at, you know, I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but I thought it was noteworthy to just add him into this group. He was a sixth-round pick this year. Uh, he initially played the one technique. He switched more to the three technique at the end of his time at Penn State. That's Robert Windsor. He's 6'4", 290, so he's, he's got decent size as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know, Derek, if he's going to find a spot here and where he's going to fit in to this defensive interior. It, it depends on what they do with Tyquan Lewis and Danico Autry. That's ultimately going to make a, a bigger difference here. Um, 
Look, Windsor is very well known for his uh, effort plays, right? Just a kid that never really gives up on the play. He either he can get beat, but ultimately he's going to try and make a play regardless. Um, like you said, he just doesn't have – he's more of that bull rushing kind of defensive tackle. You know, he's not going to beat somebody with his hands or anything like that. He's just a guy that wants to run through you and make a play in the backfield however he can. Um, I can appreciate that. I think that's uh, the kind of attitude you wanted. And that's, again, why Ballard and company wanted him because, you know, you, you can't teach effort. You can teach how to get better with your hands, how to read uh, offensive line, how to get off blocks. But you can't teach the effort and the willingness to make a play however you do it. So, mm-hmm. again, Robert Windsor will have a chance Um he might have to go on the practice squad for a little bit. He might, might for a little bit. But again, it's just one of those things that, you know, it depends how the Colts move these guys around. And, mm-hmm. and then Windsor will definitely end up being a depth piece probably at some point in the near future. Yeah. I mean, you got some of those guys more on veteran contracts than, you know, like Danica Watry. And you got to think Tyquan Lewis. What if he doesn't on the roster this next year? Then there could be some potential for a guy like Robert Windsor to step in and be a depth piece for this defensive line. So certainly be interesting. But yeah, I probably see this year at least, probably practice squad for Robert Windsor. Maybe as he continues to develop his game, he can crack the 53 man roster. Maybe, you know, if the Colts decide, Tyquan Lewis, you're doing nothing. We'd rather roll with a guy like Robert Windsor. You know, kind of how they did with Terrell Basham a few years ago. They got him midseason. Maybe they do something like that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think he has a chance. He has a chance, certainly. I think he may have to work his way up from the practice squad and just go from there. And, and unfortunately, for a guy like Robert Windsor, and, you know, if you look at, like, the comparisons, Grover Stewart was, what, like a fourth-round pick? Robert Windsor's a sixth-round pick. I mean, he doesn't have the luxury that Grover Stewart did. And the fact that culturally had nobody on that defensive tackle position when Grover Stewart was drafted. So he was obviously making the roster. Uh, but Robert Windsor now has a little more competition in that interior. So it will be certainly interesting to see uh, a guy like Robert Windsor, you know, probably to practice squad year one. But can he develop and can he potentially be a key piece on this defensive line? Who, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for our look at the Colts defensive tackles. We already looked at the Colts defensive end, so if you haven't checked that video out, be sure to do that. Um, like Derek said, be sure to check out the Fan to Fan Network. Uh, we're you know we're launching July fourth, so it's coming up very very quickly. If you haven't, be sure to check them check them out. You can find them on all the social media platforms. You can find them on Twitch. Be sure to subscribe on Twitch. We are also on Twitch, so you know if we ever go live and do stuff like that, be sure to follow us on there and all also all the social media stuff. But for Derek and myself, thank you guys for listening. We're looking forward to continuing our look at the position groups. Be looking more at the linebackers. We have linebackers, corners, and safeties, and maybe we'll dive into some special teams as well. But for Derek and myself, thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Colts.